may be wondering, what is this song about? It's an old hymn of the church we've sung for decades, maybe centuries. It's about God sending His Son to a little mountain called Calvary to die for our sins on a tree called the cross. The most unjust act ever committed by mankind. Numerable sins that day committed against God's Son, God the Father. God allowed it to happen to pay for our sins so that the death that would be justly ours to receive for our wickedness as mankind could be paid for through Christ being our substitute. So we have a wonderful reason to give thanks because now death is simply a transition rather than a curse. A transition from this phase of life into heaven. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. 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 God so loved the world, God so loved you and I, that He gave His only Son, that if we would believe in Him, we would not have to perish, but we could have the assurance of eternal life. If you find yourself beginning to believe the things Christians are talking about, find yourself beginning to believe that God gave His Son, and that He died for the sins of the world, and that three days later He arose, you finding yourself beginning to believe this impossible, miraculous thing, You know what's happening? Saving faith is dawning in your heart. The Holy Spirit is giving you the ability to believe that which is impossible. Step out on that faith and call on the name of Jesus. And say, Jesus, I'm calling on your name. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died for my sins. And I believe that you've risen from the dead. The Bible says that with the heart we believe, and with the mouth we confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and that He died for our sins, and He rose from the dead. That's how salvation happens. If you can do that, welcome to the family. Amen. Amen. I would love to talk to you after the service. I'll be at the information booth after the sermon. Come by and let's talk. On the back of the uh, guest insert is a, is a decision card. If you would like to just call on the Lord right now in this service. Just say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you've risen from the dead. And I want to become born again. I want the assurance of eternal life. You can do that today, amen? Bring that card to me. Let's talk. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then you can sing with us. Oh, praise the Lord.
speak to every heart. To those who have not become Jesus' followers or to those who have gotten off the path and haven't been following You, bring us all home today in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you found 1 John 4 yet? I'd like to start with verse 7. I feel like I'm ringing maybe. Take me out of the monitor or something. All right, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. An easy way to memorize Scripture is to sing it. And back in the 70s, we used to sing those two verses. And it went like this. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He who loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. First John 4, 7 and 8. All right, some children of the 70s are in here. Back then we didn't have the new King James. So... Uh, 9, verse 9, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now that's a big word that means full payment, that which would appease justice, Verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also, let's say we also, we also ought to love one another. Verse 12, No one has seen God at any time. If we love God, God abides in us and His love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected. Can we say perfected? Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Love has been perfected among us in this. In what? Uh, love has been perfected in us so that we could have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as Jesus is, so are we in the world. We're his representatives. But I believe also as love is perfected in us, as we understand that we know and believe the love that God has for us. Verse 16, it refers back to us. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love or perfected love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. I'd like to speak to you this morning on the developing of the love of God. We didn't finish this sermon last week, so we're continuing today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for loving us. Help us, Lord, to walk in light of that to the point that we can't help but love one another. 
Lord, perfect and develop our love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The developing of the love of God. Let's look back at some of the verses I read. Verse 16 says, We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Now, in the Greek language, there's more than one word for the word love. There's a word eros, from which we get the word erotic. It means sexual love. It's the lower, least, uh, most powerful form of love, really. And yet it's so powerful it ruins people's lives. Um, Because like fire, uh, eros outside of the fireplace God created for it in the home can create havoc in the world. It spreads diseases everywhere. And so it breaks up homes. It leaves children orphans. But the, un, another form of love is the word phileo, which means brotherly love. Philadelphia is the uh, city of brotherly love. The highest form of love is the word agape, or more commonly pronounced agape. It means selfless love, unconditional love, sacrificial love. This is the word that God chooses through his word to describe himself. God is agape. He is sacrificial, unconditional, unselfish love. That's who he is. And that's what he gives to us. And if we will learn to abide in that, we'll be abiding in God. And God will abide in us. Verse 17. Love or agape has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. The God who is in love, who, who is in love with us, the God who is love, who is sacrificial, unselfish, unconditional love, has given that love to us, and as his representatives in the world, we are to give that love to one another. Can I get an amen? amen. We are to show that. By this will all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love. One from one another. Jesus said that. Not that you uh, are real religious. Uh, not that you have all the bells and whistles of what it takes to be a Christian. It all starts with loving one another. If we don't do that, then we're wasting our time. So it's my belief that this love is perfected or is something that is developed. We'll get back to us in, back to this in this. It's something that we can grow in. And one day we're going to stand before God and give an account for our life. And that account is going to include, have you walked in love? Have you expressed my agape to the world? And we want to have boldness on that day, don't we? The Christian life isn't just a bunch of don'ts. It's mainly a bunch of do's. Doing everything to express that love. There is no fear in agape. There is no fear in unselfish love. So if you live a life of fear, afraid of people betraying you, afraid of not being appreciated, afraid of people not lining up with all your wishes, afraid that you're not going to be able to control every situation in life, that's a sign that agape in your life needs some more developing. Because if it's there, it removes fear. It just does. So all that fear you got, stop casting the devil out and rebuking him and yelling at him. You're not paying attention to the issue. The issue is a level of love in our hearts. But perfect love, perfected love, casts out fear because fear involves torment. That's not God's will for us. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Fear is a sign that our love needs to be perfected. 
We love him because he first loved us. We agape him because he first agaped us. Our love for him is a response to his love. The word he used for perfect in those passages. In verse 17, love has been perfected. Uh, verse 18, perfect love casts out fear. Verse 19, uh, or verse 20, I think it is, he who fears has not been made perfect in love. That word is the word teleu, which means perfect, to make perfect or to perfect, to complete, to carry through completely, to accomplish, to finish, to bring to an end, to add what is wanting in order to render a thing full, to bring to a close or fulfillment by event, to consummate in character, to concentrate, concentrate, to consecrate, to finish. Can we all say to develop? That's what it boils down to, to grow in this thing. Verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because just as he is, so are we in this world. The New Living Translation for that verse says, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, that we, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. And the complete Jewish Bible says, here is how love has been brought to maturity with us. As the Messiah is, so are we in the world. Tell yourself, my love needs to grow. The word develop means to change. <laughs> to change, to grow, to achieve maturity, to acquire, to enlarge on something, to become clear, to reveal in stages, to build structures, to turn negatives into positives or into prints. And you see that. So, it's the purpose of this sermon today. We've been in a series of teaching on God's love for us. Today's sermon is to segue us in from God's love for us into our love for God and for others. If we don't develop, if we don't mature, it's sad, isn't it? Like this guy. Well, summer's almost over. I guess it's been pretty good. Just been hanging out with my friends. Oh, we won our Little League Championship. I was MVP. Don't mean to brag, but 57 home runs, only one strikeout. Every summer goes by faster. It's kind of depressing, but I guess I'm ready to go back. A lot of people have been giving me a hard time lately, saying I'm too big for t-ball, too big for kindergarten, pushing me to graduate. I almost did it once a few years back. I heard that first graders get to write in cursive. It sounded pretty cool. But in the end, I just couldn't do it. I have my iPhone anyway. My kids are a little embarrassed that they're further along than I am. But I figure when it's time to go to first grade, I'll know it. It'll be obvious. The heavens will part. A voice will thunder. Johnny, it's time. You need to graduate kindergarten. Johnny, it's time. You need to graduate kindergarten. Eh, not thundery enough. One, two, three, go, go, Bob! If I graduate kindergarten, then I won't be eligible for t-ball. And I'm the man out here, a slugger, a star, and the only player on the team that hasn't had an accident in his baseball pants. 
out there, who knows? I'm just not feeling it, you know? I don't feel called. I don't feel called to make myself uncomfortable. I don't feel called to no more summer breaks. I don't feel called to dad's pitch. Why have somebody throw a rock-hard baseball at me when I can hit it off of a tee? You know what I'm saying? Why do something that's hard when you can do something that's easy? I mean, we're undefeated. Why mess that up? It just doesn't make sense. But I guess some people don't get it. I guess some people just aren't smart enough to figure out how to stay comfortable, how to make life easy. It's kind of sad. I feel sorry for them. right along. And that one's tough. Developing the love of God takes three things. Number one, to realize God's love for us. We dwelt on this for a few weeks, talked about the dimensions of God's love. It is so wide that his transgressions are moved from us as far as the east is from the west. Imagine this is the south and this is the north and this is the east and this is the west. This is still not a true picture of measuring because you can go north so far, and then you stop going north, and as you keep on going, you're going south, right? But God's love is so wide that he takes his transgressions away from us as far as the east is from the west. It just keeps going away. You cannot measure that kind of width. His love is so long that it begins where he predestined us before the foundation of the world. At the dawn of time as we know it, he chose you and I to love us. And it continues into the ages to come. You cannot measure that kind, of, that kind of length. His love is so deep, it starts from the glory of heaven down to the lowest place on the earth's surface, down in the region of the Dead Sea, the land of Israel, and lower still by living in a God-forsaken town called Nazareth, and lower still by taking the form of a servant, and lower still by taking the place of a criminal and dying on his cross, and lower still by going into the earth. And there, he paid the full payment for our sins. That's deep. From the throne to the groan. But his love is so high, it starts down there and goes up higher than it was when he left. Because the Father's given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. We talked about the demonstration of God's love. That God gave his son. What an expression of love. I mean, that's... That's the most precious thing we could have as our kids, amen? But God not only gave His Son, gave His only Son. And not only did He give His only Son, He gave His only Son while we were wicked. He gave His only Son. And transformed our many sins into our justification. One sin, the sin of Adam, brought condemnation on the world. Many sins, the sins committed against the Son of God, brought justification to the world. Because God demonstrates his love by taking that mess and bringing the message that changes the world that we call the good news of the gospel. Amen. And God's love for us is expressed in his discipline. He loves us as his children. And he disciplines us with his word and, and uh, with the promptings of his spirit and sometimes with letting us reap what we sow. Why? Because we need it. 
He loves us just like we are, but He loves us too much to leave us that way. Anybody know that that's true? Amen. And then last week we attempted to get into this. Our love is developed as we realize God's love for us and then we respond to love from God with love for God. That's why we love to sing songs. Oh, praise the Lord who paid our debt with Jesus' blood and righteousness. We're expressing the love that our heart is so filled with back to Him. It's the appropriate thing to do. Worship should come easy. It shouldn't have to be you know, a worship leader shouldn't have to be like a cheerleader trying to get the crowds to cheer for the losing team. Our team is one. <laughs> Amen. We love him because he loved us first. So we'll never get the ups on him, the, you know, the upward position on him in loving. But we respond back to him. It's natural. It's normal. It's wonderful. We love him because doing so fulfills our purpose. You are made to worship. If you don't believe it, watch some of these concerts going on. Well, those, those kind where people are wearing tuxedos, not so much. But where people are just really being themselves, like a country music concert or a rock concert. What is the crowd doing? They got their hands raised. Or better yet, watch what happens when the Cowboys score, score a touchdown. They're doing what comes natural. Cheering and celebrating is natural. We were made to do it. And so loving God fulfills that purpose in us. We love Him because He has forgiven us of so much. In Luke 7, there's that amazing story of that woman that came in and, and uh, poured expensive perfume on Jesus and got down on her face by His feet, weeping, and washed His feet with her tears and dried them off with her hair. And someone sitting there, the host said, Jesus, this woman's wicked. Why are you allowing this to happen? He said her sins are many. And because they've been forgiven of many, uh, because they, her many sins have been forgiven, she loves me more than you do, basically is what he said. So when we, when we realize how much we've been forgiven and all that we've been forgiven of, it's natural to express love for what he's done for us. Amen? We love him also because he spared us of so much more. The host at that meal in Luke 7 should have been on the floor with her giving thanks and worship. Because he had been spared of the horrible life that she had lived because he was committed to the Scriptures. He may not have understood them perfectly, but his commitment to the Scriptures gave him a wonderful life. He had a home where he could have company. And he had an opportunity to host the Son of God at his house. So we have a lot to praise him for. Maybe you've not had so much to be forgiven of. But let me tell you, you you've got even more to praise him for because you don't have the scars that many of us have to deal with because of the things we did. Amen. He, he heals scars, but we've got to learn to forgive ourselves. So he has forgiven us of much and he's spared us of much. So we can't help but respond with love back to God. Amen. And so the service will end with some music and an opportunity to receive prayer. If you need prayer about anything, we'll be here to pray with you. But if you want to respond to God's love for you, you get a chance again to do it with the, with the people that want to stay to worship him as Sheikh leads us in some more worship. It's going to be a wonderful time. But you know what? You can respond to God's love for you, not just at church. You can do it in the car. You can do it at home. You can do it, as we read earlier, on your bed. You can give him praise for his goodness to your life. He's forgiven you of much. He's Spared you of much. Amen. You've been good to us. And thirdly, what we're going to talk about today, our love is developed as it is restored for others. Maybe people have hurt you, 
People have abused you. People have betrayed you. People have denied you. People have let you down. God wants to hear your heart to the point that you can begin to love again. Amen. Back to the verses we began with today. Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. It sounds kind of hard, doesn't it? But the truth is, if you know God, you know that He is love, and you know that He loves you, and this in itself will cause those hurts to begin to heal. Almighty God Himself loves you predestined you before the dawn of time, chose you to pour his love out on you. If his son only died for one person, it would have been you. Now compare that to the person that slapped you around. It doesn't compare. So as you grow in the revelation of God's love for you, it will, it will shed a whole new light on the bothersome things that happen. And I know some horrible things happen beyond just slapping people around. And through the intervention of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says he pours the love of God out in our heart. He can fill you with his love supernaturally and give you, give you the ability to love beyond the level of your understanding. It's true. Verse 9, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him, And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the full payment for our sins. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen. And you know what? Those amongst us who've been abused the most really need for us to love them. And that as we become the instruments of God's love to one another. We'll see people like that that are here even this morning begin to rise up and begin to love again because God used a human as an expression of his love in their life. So he's dependent on us to help spread the good news. Amen. Verse 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? James chapter 3 talks about our mouth, our words, our tongue. And asks a hard question. How can you praise God with your mouth and curse your brother who's made in the image of God that you praise? If we love God, we will love one another. Amen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Now, Jesus was asked the question, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, he quoted from the Old Testament, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord, and you shall love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, all your, all your mind, and all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. Everything in the Old Testament is hung on those two commands. And they are still in force today. 
Everybody's up in arms about what's happening with the Ten Commandments. And I'm saying, what are we doing with the Two Commandments? One thing to have them on a wall is another thing to have them in our hearts. Amen. Amen. And then later, in the book of John, Jesus said, I'm giving you a new commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. And by this will all men know that you're my disciples, that you have loved one for another. Some people try to dodge out of the second commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I don't love myself, so I don't have to love my neighbor. Well... You better start loving yourself. The most loving thing you can do to yourself is believe that God loves you. Begin to receive that. You won't have to focus on loving you. You focus on God loving you. Then you can love others. Amen. Love one another as I have loved you. Why love others? Just a few few reasons why. First, because it is God's ultimate intention. It's God's ultimate intention for us. To love others. Jesus quoted there in Matthew 22, I just quoted that earlier, the two great commandments that the law and the prophets are hung upon. 1 John 3.23 says, This is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us command. So we're to love each other because it's God's will. Number two, because we need to give what has been given. The new commandment is to love one another as Christ has loved us. Freely you have received, Jesus said in another place, freely give. The more you give, the more you get. And so what God has given you, you want some more of it, give what you got away. Amen. We read, God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Number three, because we represent God, who's agape love. Who wants to do a good job of representing God? Just begin to receive his love for you and giving it away. Giving it away. By this will all men know that you are my disciples, John 13, 35, that you have love one for another. We're to love others because they're made in God's likeness. If we can't love our brother whom we have seen, how can we love God whom we have not seen? They're made in his likeness. You want to see Jesus? Look at your neighbor. And lastly, because everyone needs us to love him. Jesus looked on the multitudes. He was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. He was moved with compassion there in Matthew 9. The word compassion is more than sympathy. It, moves, it takes sympathy and moves beyond. It's the feeling of sorrow for the misfortune of another accompanied by a strong desire to relieve their pain and remove the cause of that pain. That is compassion. Our passion for God increases as we realize how much He loves us. And our compassion for people should also increase when we realize how much He loves them and they don't know it, it should break our hearts. We live in a world that's in a mess. This video that we're going to watch is 
produced by Toyota in another country, so it's not in English, but you get the message when you see it. And I've entitled it Super Glue Gone Wild. Sin, people living outside of God's will, living in sin can create a mess for their lives. And we can be religious and pious and pharisaical and look down our long noses and say, yeah, see, see what happens when you don't obey the word. This creates a mess. And like the priest that ignored the man who was helped by the Good Samaritan, we walk on our perfect little life, living the straight and narrow because we have the gift of eternal life. And our children aren't going to have messes in their life because they're going to live the straight and narrow. Well, let me tell you, the Bible warns against that kind of judgmental spirit. When people make a mess of their lives, they need help. So the question is, will we help them? Super glue gone wild. Toyota Condor mit geteilter, umklappbarer Rückbank, wenn sie besonders sperrige Dinge transportieren. A while back, Sheikh Anderson wrote a song, Teach Me to Love. It's been recorded by Reuben Stuttered, and I've asked Sheikh to sing it this morning as we meditate on what we've heard. I no longer want the glory or material things. I no longer want the world. I no longer need the fame. I no longer need everyone to know my name. Don't want to be an idol if I'm bigger than you. How can I live a lie and stand for the truth? Now that you've done a work in me, I can see things so clearly, Lord, I want. Stand out in the crowd. It's not about the people who are looking at me. Cause I want them to change the picture of what they see. It's all about you, Lord, and none of me. I'll do the work. You get the glory. Draw me in by using me. I surrender my all to thee, Lord. I
Teach us to love. Teach us to love. Lord, I, I, I know that these three areas of developing love, Lord, is uh, 
unique to each one of us. Each of us are in a different area of needing development, Lord. So I pray first for those that need to know that you love them, that they would begin to search that out. They would begin to pray and seek your face and say, Lord, do you, do you love me? Do you know me? Do you really care about me? And Lord, you're able to do unique, tailor-made things that they need. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do those things in their life to begin to show them how much you love them. And Lord, I pray for those that need to grow in the area of expressing their love back to you, Lord, that, that the fact that we're loved by you would not become a selfish thing or a religious thing, but Lord, it would become a, a thing where worship is just a lifestyle. It's, it's a fun thing. It's, a, it's one of our favorite things. And then, Lord, those of us that need to move beyond just that, to begin to love those who do not know you, begin to love those who annoy us, begin to love those who scare us, begin to love those who need love so much. Lord, empower us with your love, with the revelation that you're giving us to begin to express that love and to begin to see inconveniences as opportunities to show your love in Jesus' name. Lord, make us a place, an oasis, a people, a community of the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Could the prayer team come forward and join me here at the front? And as they're coming, if you need to receive prayer about anything, we're here to pray with you. Praise the Lord. Come forward, prayer team.